Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Age of Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me, of course, as always, is my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. You ready for this? We got some wrestling talk, baby. Yes, sir. I've been looking forward to this. I'm glad we can get going. Now I'm just waiting for my notes to freaking pop up. Oh, Lord. I don't know what is going on with the computer right now. It's not liking all these programs at once. <laughs> anyway, so he's going to just deal with it, and we're going to get going here. Let's do it, brother. All right, first up, we some AEW news. Renee Peckett, that's right, is all elite. John Moxley's wife, baby. Last week, AEW did sign Moxley, um, or re-sign Moxley to a five-year contract extension. Renee did backstage interviews as well as various hosting positions within WWE television. Um, you know, um, WWE backstage, she did um, Raw Talk, I think she did SmackDown Talk, or, or after SmackDown Talk, whatever it was called for SmackDown. Yeah. Um, you know, the post episode. Um, she also had a podcast, too. Yeah, and of course, she's a podcaster. Um, obviously, way better than ours, but you know, we're, 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 we're trying. We're trying to get there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, more than likely, Renee will probably assume the same type of role with AEW. Uh, once we have official word, we will update on what Renee will actually be doing for AEW, possibly also doing interviews as well. So, Cooper, your thoughts? Uh, this this is awesome, dude. And I mean, to bring her in, and it guarantees Moxley's gonna stay. So, you know, and uh, well, I, I think that five year extension last week probably guaranteed he was staying. Oh yeah, but you <laughs> know that, that that was probably in the talks too. That hey. If you come over here, yeah, I'll stay here. Right. You know, but if you're going to go over there, I'll go with you. Yeah, probably. Type thing. Probably had it in his negotiations with AEW. He's like, hey, if you want me to stay, wifey needs to come. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, I'm going to go bye-bye. Not only that, but uh, I think she brings a fresher look to, you know, the commentary, the interviews, all that, because she is just... She's so cool about the way oh, she yeah. does things. So um, it's a good sign by AEW, and uh, it, it, it goes to show that, uh, you know, we can move on from the CM Punk crap. So there you go. All right. Especially since uh, Ace Steel was released 
um, I think it was either yesterday or earlier today. Yeah. So, so one release done, the another one as expected soon. Yeah. At some point, the official it's probably somewhat done, um, but the official release um, has not been confirmed yet. Also, AEW, thank you for this yesterday because honestly, we didn't have much to talk about other than Renee. We have uh, the announcement that Jericho has signed a new three-year deal. Reports are that Jericho will start having a hand in creative for AEW as well, similar to what Triple H started doing on the NXT level of WWE before he completely stopped wrestling. This should be a smart move on AEW's part, as Jericho can easily help wrestlers reach new creative heights with their current characters or even transform them into better characters. I definitely like this, because uh, there's been a lot of talk that, you know, Tony Khan <clears throat> is not this this big wig, big time, you know, promoter, and and uh, he should have gotten help here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, this goes to show that he's being a businessman about his, his work, dude. I mean, signing Jericho to that and then letting Jericho take a part of the creative, that's, that's big leaps, man, big leaps. Yeah. Plus, I think it probably helps fill in that gap left by Cody Rose when he left over for oh, uh, definitely. Um, because as we know, you know, not only was he VP, of course, he also had a major hand in creative um, in AEW's early years, so or but early times. This is going to be interesting because Jericho, <clears throat> he's he's a little bit he's a little bit raw, buddy. So yeah. it's going to be nice to see what he can do creatively for AEW and and bring younger talent along, and it's going to be cool. At least the good news is is. Jericho, if you are committed to him, he is 110% committed to you, mm-hmm. and you will get uh, his best effort in everything he does, which AEW was smart in making sure they kept Jericho for that aspect. Oh, definitely. So I, I look forward to seeing what he can do for AEW. Um, I think, though, AEW has made uh, quite a few mistakes and some miss signings, so it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back from that, because... Right now, momentum seems to be right back on WWE's track as, you know, Triple H has taken over creative. And with the massive returns, of course, Bray Wyatt. Um, <clears throat> the OC is back over on yeah. WWE. And then, of course, we also had Braun Strowman recent return. It's looking like it might be a WWE runaway. So they got to, if they want to try to somewhat keep up, they're going to have to do something. And I, I think I that's think a good step. It's more or less about... They really need to find their niche, dude. And they don't need to try and keep up with WWE. Be an alternative brand. Don't try and keep up with them. Don't try and take them out. Be the alternative like WCW was for a long time. Be the alternative. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then when you get to that point where you grow and your popularity grows, Mm -hmm. then try and take out. The competition. Yeah, we can do that. Because honestly, right now, we were all hyped for them when they first came <clears> on the scene. I get that. You're like, yeah, dude, yeah. you know, something different. But now it's Tony Khan's turn to try and try and rectify the situation with CM Punk. Right. For the fans. Right. And the company. And uh, ultimately his father, because I've heard that uh, it's kind of rough waters between him and his dad over this over the company so yeah yeah 
It's been uh, interesting to say the least. All right, so we're going to go ahead and switch gears and head on over to WWE talk. Let's do it. So rumors have been running rampant on who will be joining Bray Wyatt now that he has made his return to WWE. Uh, Dave Metzler from the Wrestling Observer has noted he has heard several names tossed around, other people stating that those aren't even the names being considered, and another person stating that no one has a clue who will be joining. One name, though, that seems to be a major possibility will be his brother, Bo Dallas, joining the Wyatt Six. So, Cooper, your thoughts? I think Bo Dallas, that would be awesome. <clears throat> I know Bo Dallas has been battling his own demons with alcoholism and things like that. <laughs> but uh, I think maybe a break from the ring and a break from the company in the spotlight yeah. maybe has helped him, uh, you know, recenter. And uh get back to it, man. And I think it's cool, you know. He, you know, Bo Dallas has not had a really good push since he was in NXT. Right. So the fact that Triple H is taking all these NXT guys, bringing them up, and actually doing something with them, mm-hmm. this makes things interesting. Oh and yeah. As far as the other go, the other the other people that are involved with this, mm-hmm. at some point. I gotta say, uh, Braun Strowman should be. Yeah. Eric Rowan. Yeah. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, even if you don't bring, even if you don't bring, what is it like, two other people, or whatever. After that, mm-hmm. you got them people. You're good to go. True. That is true. Um, but they've been, you know, Wyatt's been doing this weird Wyatt Six thing for a while now on the social medias. Yeah. So it only makes sense to kind of continue that into a storyline with WWE. Um, based off his return. Oh, yeah. uh, rumors had it, though, that there's been a few times that Bo Dallas has actually been working as the fiend for Bray when Bray is supposed to be just regular Bray and um, on the opposite end of him being the fiend. So by simultaneously, when you see him, it's not actually um, camera trickery of the fact that Bray White's the fiend and himself, but they had to splice it together. It's actually Bo Dallas being the, dressed up as the fiend. And then, um, you know, Bray Wyatt then being himself, which a lot of people speculate when you saw The Fiend at um, ringside when at Extreme Rules that night, it was actually Bo Dallas in the mask of The Fiend, so that way, you know, Bray can do his entrance with that mask he wore and um, his um, lantern return. Oh, yeah, man. This, so. is, uh, this is interesting, to say the least. Can't wait to see where it goes, man, because the, the only way is up. True. Especially if we're going back to, like, say, the old Wyatt family values. Uh-huh. Wyatt family values. <laughs> I do say yeah. I actually like the Wyatt family version better than I did, like, the Fiend version yeah. of Bray Wyatt. Um, I thought it was a really interesting faction. Still, it was still kind of on that creep factor level. Yeah. Unlike the Fiend, where it kind of took it into a more weird psychological level weird. So, I mean, I kind of understood that part a little yeah. bit. But, I mean... Bray had some good, good storylines, just as, you know, the leader of the Wyatt family. Definitely, um, man. And I, I think this, this is cool for him because, mm-hmm. like you said, he can be, he can be Bray Wyatt, but he can also be the Fiend, yeah. and he can intertwine both characters, and it's no longer this Mr. Rogers looking guy, <laughs> it's, right. it's Bray Wyatt. Yeah, sir. Alright, so WWE had another huge return on the Raw after Extreme Rules, with the OC returning to help out AJ Styles in a developing feud with Finn Balor and Judgment Day. 
WWE is considering adding a female star with the OC and AJ Styles to take on Judgment Day at Survivor Series War Games. And with the Wyatt family, or with Wyatt's returning um, and being on SmackDown, it may be the Wyatt Six taking on the Bloodline in the other War Games match. Though it was confirmed recently that the OC with AJ Styles will be taking on Finn Balor, Dominique Mysterio, and um, the Archer of Infamy, Damien Priest. There we go. I almost forgot his name there for a second. My bad. At um, the Crown Jewel, which then, of course, will probably continue the feud into War Games later on in the month. So it's, de- it's definitely going to make things interesting, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the way they're doing this. I'm glad to see the good brothers back, you know. Right. Um, but uh, it is what it is, man. It's, it's the Judgment Day versus the OC. It's mm-hmm. Bullet Club. So. It's basically a feud within the Bullet Club. Yeah, yeah. that's all it basically is. Like, hey, we're right. Let's let's start a feud right with each other. Yeah, it's basically just like now it's kind of just like watching the Click all fight each other again. Yeah, which was weird. What I liked at least about the '90s Click was though no one really knew exactly who was all in the Click. You knew it was there, but you had no clue. Dude, that's what I miss about back in the day. Right. Everything is so leaked now, and everybody, you know, everybody has their opinions yeah. now, things like that. But back in the day, when you watched it, you were just as surprised as anybody else. Yeah, and you'd be like, what? And he's part of the clique? What? And yeah. then, of course, the clique ended up being NWO, which was weird, too, because you, then also, not only did you have the clique, you technically had the click on two separate shows. You had the NWO click, and you had the WWE click. And then technically, for a little bit there, we had the AEW Bullet Club and the WWE Bullet Club. And we which had New made, Japan Bullet Club. So. Right, and New Japan's Bullet Club. Which would have made things even more fascinating, honestly, to me, if that would have worked out where they could at least took on each other in you know, like a head-to-head and then just had Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. and you Because know. WWE's now, with Triple H has said that they might mind working on occasion with AEW. I just, my problem is, is unless you have an even amount of matches so that way you can split wins, who's really going to want to take the L in an overall pay-per-view record-wise? Honestly, so unless you make sure you have like eight and eight, or eight matches so that way you have four and four split, so that way no one goes home as the technical loser of the of the pay-per-view, no one's really going to buy that. Hey, why do you care, right? I mean, honestly, if it's for good money... Yeah, I mean, I mean that's why I didn't really care for the um, Triple H versus, you know, the Sting yeah. thing at WrestleMania because we all knew that DX DX and WWE was gonna stop WCW from beating them. Yeah, it's like, but honestly, on. I mean, Sting is we should have had Undertaker way versus more Sting. seasons. He's way. He, I'm sorry, but Sting is the franchise, and I think that he's the icon. He, he deserved more freaking respect coming into the oh. WWE and should have been put in a title picture right away. Yeah. Unlike that, instead of bringing Goldberg back every time, whenever Goldberg feels like coming back, he always gets a title shot. Yeah. You know, why didn't, we do that for, why didn't we do that for Sting or somebody else like that? Or, you know, because they ended up doing him into, putting him into a title match after that, which ended up leading to his injury because Seth Rollins is... Super dangerous in the ring and outside. Just ask Becky. Um, uh-huh. no, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I think they should have given us the WrestleMania of him versus Undertaker 
Because that would have been the smarter move. Especially with both of them on the back half of their career. And they both would have carried each other just fine in that one. It's also not somebody who can only do a certain set of moves and thus botch it so badly. Undertaker versus Goldberg match come to mind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Just, you should get uh, messed well, up. Don't get me so. wrong. I love Goldberg. Goldberg was a beast, dude. But as you get older, it's like, come on, man. And, and you see, you see the concussion he got from it. Yeah. And he just, ever since he came back, then, then when they, then after that, it was what? He went against Dolph Ziggler, and I'm like, yeah, like, you guys really want to go from The Undertaker to Dolph Ziggler? Well, because he was still not really able to compete, and it just Ziggler was willing to take spear after spear after spear after spear after spear after spear. For Dolph, I mean, come on, man. Dolph comes back for that. Right. To be spear. I mean, he was a good sport about it. He was willing to do it, but uh, that's a little disrespectful. <laughs> that's just a little much. All right, man, let's keep this going, going though. Uh, let's do it. Rey Mysterio has jumped over to SmackDown and got himself into a number one contendership for the Intercontinental title. Yeah, you almost lied, didn't you? World Heavyweight? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, he will, uh, with the feud between Edge and Judgment Day over at this point, for, for the most part now, yeah. and Dominic carving out a path technically solo, technically, not with his father basically is what I was saying on that yeah. part, Ray can now concentrate on ending his career the way he would want, um, would want, because he, he's admitted he's basically getting close to the end of it, and so he's probably going to just enjoy himself as a little bit on SmackDown before... At some point, calling it a career. Which I'm thinking will probably culminate in a retirement match against his son at WrestleMania. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, I, I like I like the fact that he jumped ship and went over to SmackDown. Gives him a little bit of breather from yeah. what's going on with Dominic. But at the same time, we all know this is a play. This is what they're doing. Um, you know, and Dominic... Is now on his own with his friends doing his thing. Right. So, you know, Ray, Ray needs to go elsewhere and do his own thing. So. Yeah, yeah he, he's with, a, he, now Dom is with Mammy. <laughs> or female Pappy, whatever you want to do for, whatever you want to call Rhea. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> that one, I'm just sitting there going, uh, I'm just sitting there going, really Rhea, really? <laughs> loves it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure your husband loves hearing you talk about it, too. <laughs> I'm sure Murphy's like, yeah, just love to hear you talk about how much you, you're his pappy or mammy, whatever. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, it's it's good for Ray. I think um, taking a little bit of time between him and Dominic's going to be good for both of them. You know, Ray, like I said, can start working on how he wants to end his career. And Dominic can try to step out of the shadow of the Mysterio shadow that is his father's shadow. Oh, yeah. Because just because um, he's short in stature doesn't mean he doesn't cast a huge-ass shadow um, um, over exactly. Dom. So it's going to be um, nice to see what Dom can do. Um, I kind of look forward to seeing how this... I really do think it's going to culminate with Dom versus his dad at WrestleMania. I don't know... If it's going to be the L.A. one, whenever Ray decides he really is done and does or doesn't want to anymore, I think, really think it's going to have to be Dom versus Ray in a retirement match 
that we kind of all know that Ray's going to be done. Now, can I, can I just say something here? Yeah. Can we please get rid of the mullets in life? <laughs> I mean, does the what the does the mullet really have to come back? I mean, is it really that time for that crap? He's just doing I mean, it to honor his favorite uncle. His uncle had a mullet too. Everybody's got mullets now, dude. Well, I'm like thinking out about it, like, dude, this ain't the eighties. Thanks for the thumbs up. It's like, what the heck is that? Yeah, that was. Well, I'm trying to figure out what looks, man. Please. <laughs> right. But hey, I mean, it's, it is what it is with that one, man. Right. All right, so WWE recently dropped the day one pay-per-view due to scheduling conflict with both the Sugar Bowl and Atlanta Falcons home game occurring that same weekend. What is confusing is the fact that WWE knew the NFL schedule in advance of their own announcement of WWE day one. And because the Falcons game would take priority, um, the Sugar Bowl had to change its game day to accommodate, so it moved to the 31st of December. Uh, rumor is NBC Universal did not want the pay-per-view, and as such, there is no WWE premium live event between Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble. So, bro, all of December and most of January, because the Royal Rumble is at the end of January, basically, you will have almost two whole months of no pay-per-view. Oh, no, what are we going to do, bro? It'll be like it was back in the day when we didn't get pay-per-views every freaking month, dude. Remember when they would build up? Yeah. Remember when we get about six to eight weeks of a build-up before you get a pay-per-view? Yeah. And then you'd have to pay for that shit like $60 at a time. Which is why you and I basically only would get WrestleMania. <laughs> like, we're going to have to pay, drop out 60 bucks. We're only doing it for WrestleMania. Yeah. Plus pizza. Oh, God, we used to have so much fun. Those were the days. Those were the days, bro. Some great ones, you know, like me giving you a hard time because I told you Batista wasn't going to end the streak. And you're like, no, Batista's ending the streak tonight. It's over. And then what happened? What happened? How'd that streak? What happened? I think that streak continued, didn't it? And who became world champion that night? I'd be The Undertaker. Thank you. Oh, the Edge one. Oh, and him and Edge and Hell in a Cell at yeah, WrestleMania. Oh, it's ending tonight. Edge is going to Edge educate The Undertaker. The Look, execution. It's not that I don't like The Undertaker. It's not that at all. It's just like, you're always like, who's going to do it, dude? Who's going to? Oh, he could do it. He could do it. And I'm sorry, but Batista or Edge? It, it would have been better than how it ended up ending. Yes, yes. of course. I give you that. How it ended was terrible. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I hate how it ended. I'd rather have seen it continue on. Yeah. But unfortunately, Undertaker admitted he got hurt in the match and he couldn't continue. And so he just went ahead and did the gesture to Brock that it's over. Go ahead and let's take it, take care of this because I can't keep going tonight. And that's how it ended up happening. And, I, and, I'm, and it's unfortunate because, honestly, I... And what I found out, too, what I found interesting, which gave me a little bit more respect towards Brock, is Brock didn't want to do it. Yeah. Brock was not happy that he had to do it, either. He was so... He got mad that oh, he had to. I love how they made it so. Like, he was just, oh, so happy, too. And oh, of course. They just rubbed it in everybody's face for about six months to a year. That yeah, he was Brock Lesnar. Right. Yeah, which you know, I, and it's terrible, and it's unfortunate. But I'm, but I just knew as I was like, because it, it, it got to a point where it was like, what's the point in ending it now? 
yeah. you've gone so long. Why not just let him be the only undefeated WWE superstar at WrestleMania? Of course, you know, the injury happened. Brock had to win it at that point. Um, once it came out later, obviously we were pissed then because we were just like, you picked Brock? Yeah. It wasn't a pick. It still, just It still sucks, but it is what it yeah. is. Because to, to all of us, if anybody was going to do it, it should not have been Lesnar. No. Because he was, that was when he came back and was still part-time Lesnar or prize fighter Lesnar. I only show up for the big pay-per-views, Lesnar. Well, let's be honest. He still does that. Let's be honest. Yeah, but it's at the point now where he kind of can't really go that much. When he came back that time and was the prize fighter, Lesnar, he could have still wrestled continuously fine. Because he was basically dominant. He was basically... Yeah, like the the match... He was basically, you know, Goldberg for WWE. Yeah. So it's like, you're not even carrying matches for a long time either. So what's the point of you being this prize fighter only will show up for the main pay-per-views? I mean, I got it. You you wanted to keep your body healthy. I still think it's because he was expecting Dana White at some point just to throw a bunch of money at him to come back to... Um, USC, and he never did, of course. I mean, he had that little bit of run back with USC where he won the title, ended up winning the WWE title at the same time, so he was the only concurrent UFC and WWE champion at the same time, but, you know, that's besides the point. He was really thinking he was going to go back and have a real good shot at being UFC's main guy, and I think that's what it was. But, other than that, though, but yeah, back to the pay-per-view. We're way off... We just went, wee! <laughs> hey, man, that, that's what podcasts are about, dude. We just talk yeah. and have a good time. Let's, let's pull it back, though. Let's pull it back. Pull it back. Pull it back a little bit. Go back to the left. Go back to the left. We veered to the right too much. Okay, so, yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, I get it. You know, it's kind of cool to have. It was kind of cool to have something on the first of the year. Um, it made it different. But the problem is, is that is the first of the year will end up eventually during the week so it kind of be weird to have your big uh not it's not a big pay-per-view but to have a pay-per-view like on a wednesday just because it's january 1st you know what i mean i'm sorry i'm not into this whole day one bullshit like me to be honest it's more of a it's more of a uh generational thing which i get it you're trying to get younger fans into it but come on now Can we come up with a better name, please? Yeah, like uh, New Year's Smackdown or, you know, something that would have made more sense, you know. But, like, again, though, if you're trying to have it on on the beginning of the year every time, it just wasn't going to work out. It's a Saudi thing, and sometimes it's showing up in the middle of the week at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and you're like, what? What's going on here? Yeah. Watching it Thursday at noon. Oh, somebody in their office that has <laughs> Peacock going. Okay, game, game, yeah, yeah. Oh, boss coming, boss coming, boss coming. Oh, I'm not doing nothing. I'm just typing up this report. Sir, yep, 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 yeah. I see over here. Yep. <laughs> kill him, kill him, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Email pops up. HR report. Why are you repeatedly yelling? Kill him, kill him. <laughs> Oh, boy. I gotta go see HR now. <laughs> but anyways. 
yeah, so it doesn't bother me that they're dropping it. Um, it's kind of hard to have one in December, the holidays, whether you celebrate any of them or not in December, because there's quite a bit yeah. of them. It just It's kind of hard because, you know, wrestlers are going to try to not have to work so much that week, that month because they want to see their families. Mm-hmm. And they know because in January, guess what's about to happen? You're going to have to really focus on preparing yourself for WrestleMania. It starts at the Rumble and just marches on from there all the way to late March, early April. So it's kind of that expectation is like December and January for the wrestlers kind of need to be as less frequent. Maybe you have to only do two shows in, in, um, you know, in December. Maybe take an extra one off at the beginning of January. But then start really, you know, whatever storyline you need to be really focusing on as you prepare for the Rumble. If you're going to be in a storyline or if you're just making sure you're getting momentum, as they like to do, prior to uh, the entrance into the Royal Rumble. So, yeah, that's, so to me, that's fine. Go ahead and drop it. Yeah. <laughs> NBC Universal might have actually did us a favor with that one. I sometimes wish they wouldn't have so many interviews. Only for the sole fact that when that pay-per-view comes around, you get more excited and they put more effort into the pay-per-view. True. So. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't care if you just stuck with the big four and then just threw in two extra. And then, basically, it almost runs down to one every two months. Because then it's six months out of the year. Yeah. You have one at the either the end of April, end of March, early April, which is WrestleMania, of course, the one that... Of course, the first one would be the Rumble at the end of January. Your next one is end of March or beginning of April, depending on where Easter... It basically depends on where Easter falls. It's basically when WrestleMania is decided. Yeah. Uh, what if Easter ending? We can go in April this weekend. No, no. Easter is going to be the first weekend of April, so we'll try to get it the March. So we'll get it done before. No, basically how that goes. Yeah. Um, then you wouldn't really need anything except maybe in, in between June... Maybe late June, early July, just to kind of get you through the summer before you get into SummerSlam, and then you really wouldn't need anything again until until um, what you call it, Survivor Series, which we're yeah, getting ready for. Yeah, you know, if you have to have the crown jewel thing because you still have that contract with them, fine, let it be the crown jewel, and you know, whatever. Yeah, but, I just uh, to me, I don't even care for that. I, I, I would like to see. Just bring back the Great American Bash. That would get us through the summer. Cool. That would be cool. Stop leaving it as an NXT pay-per-view. Just make it back into a regular pay-per-view. Because I enjoyed it. It seems so patriotic. Plus, yeah, it happened around you the wanna do, If you want to do a, a joint pay-per-view where NXT guys are on there, cool. Why not? Yeah. So. Right? So, I mean, that, I think that would be the way to go. And also, yes, bring back the Cruiserweight, but put it back on, a, on actual WWE. Don't make it 205 Live. I know you killed 205 Live. Yeah. The problem was, is you made it its own entity. That's not what, that's not what made the Cruiserweight relevant. It was relevant because it was either going to be fought for on SmackDown or Raw. And you never knew which one he would show up on. Not only that, but the Cruiserweight Championship came from WCW first. Oh, yeah. And, uh, they made it relevant, so... 
it's like, you know, I mean, it's cool to see other companies trying to take something and make it their own, mm-hmm. but they killed it with the 205 Live. Yeah, they kind of just went, well, we're going to make it 205 Live it's, and by itself, it's like, why? All the cruiserweights are talented. They can be on a regular show and also compete for that title, compete for the Intercontinental, compete for the United. The way they look, they look at it and go, oh, well, these guys are too small to be wrestling against guys like, you know, like Big Show or somebody like that or Braun Sherman was like, look at freaking Rey Mysterio. Yeah, then why'd you let Rey the do giant it? giant killer, dude. Right. I mean, like, honestly. Exactly. So anyways, we got one more thing. <laughs> Before we, before we get, because, you know, we're going to probably push our time here soon. Oh, yeah. So, JBL, um, this, I wrote this before he actually made his appearance on Monday. Uh, JBL was supposed to be appearing soon on upcoming Raw shows. There was no word at the time, solid word yet, on what incapacity he was going to be appearing. Speculation, though, was he was returning as Corbin's manager. As Corbin was last seen in the second episode of SmackDown in September, getting into a limo that... Allegedly, JBL was in because they had a, they heard J, you could hear JBL's voice inviting him into the limo. Update, which is why I have that. <laughs> JBL did appear this past Monday night and introduced a rebranded Baron Corbin. So not Happy Corbin, Baron Corbin. It's a start. It's a start. Mm-hmm. But I I I still have, I don't have all the faith in the world that Baron Corbin is going to be anybody good, dude. Uh, they, they really botched his character coming, uh-huh. coming up from NXT and, and, uh, True. I don't know, man, the way they made him drop the, uh, the money in the bank, all that, and then this stupid happy Corbin stuff. I don't care if, if the younger generation finds it funny, I didn't really care for the homeless happy Corbin crap. Oh. To me, it's like... You know, I, I'm the type of wrestling fan that I like to watch wrestling and have fun with it too. But I don't, I don't like it when you make it look so fake and the storyline so fake that it just like gives people a reason to pick on people that watch wrestling. Sure. So, to me, that's that's all his character was about. I'm glad to see him come back as something different. Hopefully, this will be something better, but. I'm not completely convinced. I'm not completely completely convinced either, but honestly, doesn't get a whole lot better than having JBL on your side. Right? So, I mean, that's probably going to be a benefit for him, and we just hope... Well, at least we know, know now know, though, with Triple H backing Charger Creative, we should probably get a more... Um, I would say, no, nah, I wasn't going to say more. I'm just a better Corbin yeah. than we were getting with, you know, McMahon in charge. Um, you know, his work, because he worked, we, we all know he worked with Triple H very well as authoritative Corbin. You know, I mean, no, just because no one liked him doesn't mean anything. I, no, uh, don't get me wrong, he's a good bad guy, but he's... Yeah. It's just whatever they did with this Happy Corbin stuff, I was just like, it was, yeah. And it was bound to end. And of course, making a mockery of things, I just didn't like it. And of course, we also had the return of Elias on Monday night, which made him happy because he did not care for Ezekiel. Because Ezekiel reminded us too much of a roided out version of your brother-in-law. 
then there's that. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, he looked like a cheap knockoff version of like a Ultimate Warrior kind of, and I just was like, dude, how? What are you doing to him? He had a gimmick. He had everything going for him, and it was good. The only thing they didn't do was follow through. I mean, the guy is phenomenal in ring-wise. Yeah. I mean, let, let's be honest. He is really good in ring. I mean, his character was good. And yeah. I mean, the only thing he wasn't getting was the, the right push. And to see him back as Elias, thank you. Right. Thank you, Triple H. Thank you. Right. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of guys get a better push now that Triple H is in charge. And some guys who had... You know, some pretty good gimmicks in NXT are going to get another shot at being those gimmicks. I mean, granted, uh, Baron Corbin looks like he's not going to be exactly the lone wolf Baron Corbin that he was in NXT. Yeah. But if he's at least close to that, uh, that's going to be at least good for him. And it's going to be good for wrestling because he gets you another another heel into the, uh, into the fray that's legit. He's a big dude. He's athletic. He's, okay. you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's like, I love what he does, how he slides under the ring. And, wow. right. It's like, holy crap, dude, somebody that big can do that shit. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm happy they're bringing him back, but I'm still not convinced that it's going to be anything good. Hey, man, I mean, Titus O'Neil can slide under the ring. <laughs> well, that was what? Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't intentional, no, but... <laughs> Uh, that was funny as hell. Here, boy. Sliding under the hand. That's right. We know what's up. <laughs> yeah, we get to talk about that tomorrow. Yeah. Ugh. That was not a good game. Anthony Richardson, you're killing me, dog. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with those two moving forward. Like I said, I don't know what it is. Ever since JBL retired from wrestling, I've actually enjoyed his post-wrestling career a lot more than his wrestling career. I don't know what it is about it. I just enjoyed him on commentary. I've enjoyed him as when he's been valet a few times. And, or manager, actually, I should say. That's that. because he played the ultimate heel, dude. And he was a dick while he wrestled. Well, he's also uh, a dick, too, I mean, as an announcer uh, and as a manager. It's just, it's just, it's just more enjoyable, though. It's funnier. It is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not the same, you know, Bradshaw. I like Bradshaw and Farouk, the APA type mm -hmm. thing. But when he went to being JBL, John Bradshaw. A wrestling god. I was like, what? Hi, Tara. <laughs> Hi, Tara. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's, I think it's, it's a funny, it's just funnier now. Yeah. It's an enjoyable funny. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, my God, will you just shut up? It's not just kind of like, eh, Jamie, I think still thinks he's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting in the ring all the time. I'm a wrestling god. It's like, uh, it, it just got to the point where you heard it all the time and it was so boring. I was like, dude, come on. It's like, dude, you couldn't beat Cena. You got embarrassed quite a few times by Rey Mysterio. And Edge. And Edge. He's come like, on, come man. on, bro. And, now, and, and they have the only good real rivalry that he had was against Eddie Guerrero. 
True. And then Ray Mysterio after they grew up past Yeah. And I think I just, I think what really set me off though was this whole thing with him and controlling Shawn Michaels that for that while yeah that was really and strange. I was so glad that that ended up splitting up before I went to that pay-per-view with, yeah because uh, I was like God, if I have to sit here and watch JBL bark orders at Shawn Michaels as his pay-per-view I'm going to lose my mind but luckily that ended before pay-per-view so I was just like thank you Jesus because yeah. <laughs> I was like I didn't want to go to this pay-per-view and I have to sit here and listen to JBL talk about Shawn you gotta do this and he's like shut up JBL I just want to kill you and then John Michael Silka won the World Heavyweight Championship. They let Jericho win it. Damn it. It was a good ladder match, though. Oh, yeah. Anyways. All right, man. So that will do it for us here tonight. I think we're good. We did some good things. We went way off course. We brought way it back. Way off course. Way off course. Brought it back, though, because we're awesome like that. Yeah. And we'll be back tomorrow with football talk. We had a lot of upsets this weekend, bro. Yes, we did. Bama went down. <laughs> Bama went down, baby. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. So excited. So did Florida, though. Uh, not so good. Oregon didn't go down because we didn't have to bother playing this last week, and we had a bye week. <laughs> so does that mean we can talk good about them? I mean, uh, well, we don't even have to talk about them at all. I'm just, <laughs> I noted that they're playing, uh, I think we're noting that college game day will be in uh, Eugene that weekend, and... Or next weekend, or this weekend. Which is cool. And, uh, you know, where you have a 3.30 game, which is odd, but still, means I can sleep until 3 and get up and watch football. <laughs> that's what I seem to do on Saturday. Lucky you, sir. Yeah, well, you know. Anyways, and of course, we'll be back with Sports Talk, and we can already start talking about how much I hate Russell Westbrook. Tomorrow. And also, my the soapbox continues. As long as as long as the uh, basketball season is here, this every week. Get used to it. Yeah, that's right. Get used to it. And uh, also, of course, we'll talk about how my freaking baseball team got eliminated by the Padres. Good God! Just, just how you're better than the Padres? How? Anyways, you'll you'll hear more about that later. So. uh That'll do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep Keep on talking sports. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram also at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sportstalk with Cooper in Big Man. That's sportstalk, W I T, Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment 
action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.